Hello and welcome to the DC Daily Drop. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. We're going to be talking about Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, the latest DC animated original film. This is out now digitally and it releases April 10th on 4K, Blu-ray, DVD, all that good stuff. It was written by Alan Burnett and directed by Sam Liu. It is set in the whole, the new DC animated universe that starts with Justice League War. And it's our first look at a ton of characters that come from there, especially the Suicide Squad. And it also is, you know, like I said, written by Alan Burnett. And he apparently is going to, apparently he's claimed it is his last thing before retirement. He's done a ton of things. You know, a lot of people know him from Batman the Animated Series. But he's been involved in DC animation for a long time and done a lot of good stuff. Um, so this was 86 minutes long and rated R. So it's a little bit longer than DC's average animated movie. They've been, they've, I noticed they've been tending to skew a little bit longer lately. I guess they are giving them free freedom because they used to be a strict 75 minute rule. Um, and yeah, it's rated R. Did you think it was, did you like that it was rated R? Did it fit for you, Zach? I mean, I think Suicide Squad definitely is a good group of characters and story to do an R rating with. And I don't think they, I don't think they added anything that they didn't need to. It never seemed like, oh, we have an R rating. Let's use a bunch of unnecessary swear words and make the violence completely crazy over the top or anything like that. So everything fit for me. I mean, and overall, I think it was, it was a pretty solid film. And it felt the most natural for to be an R-rated film because it's it's got some some blood and everything in there, but nothing seemed terribly forced. It all made sense within the the thing. So you think it, it, that's your non-spoiler review? You think it's solid? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it didn't it didn't blow me away. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't my favorite animated film recently, but it's it's a lot better than some of the other animated films I've watched in the past. So it's it's a very good solid film. I would I definitely watch it again, but I don't know how it would rank overall but yeah there's there's a the team uh, this suicide squad team works together very well i didn't i didn't feel like there was any character that was really super weak or anything like that i really liked the team and then like you said the film's a little bit longer than the average film but it didn't feel like it the pacing was really good there was never a time when i thought it was going too slow and it didn't really feel like they were rushing over anything at any time either so i think they did a really good job at that yeah and i i agree with a lot of that and i don't think this is the greatest film ever but it has a lot of the things, pretty much all the things I would want in a Suicide Squad film. It's it's fun. There's a lot of action, lots and lots of characters. We'll get to that more in spoilers, but there's ton of ton of DC characters, some that you, you might not recognize uh, just by looking at them. And so, yeah, it had a lot of good things. And it's, that I mean, there's a lot of violence and everything like that. And good twist mixed in throughout. And I like that. It's tricky with a Suicide Squad story, any story, because you have to balance. They're the heroes of the story, but you can't make them too good. Otherwise, what's that takes away what makes them unique, and you can't make them so evil that they're you don't root for them anymore. So it's a really fine line that they have to do there. And I thought it it did a pretty good job of showing that these are these are really bad people who do bad things. Um, but we can root for some of them anyway at at certain times. So I really liked it. Uh, thought it was pretty solid as well i would say yeah definitely a good fun film like you said all right so getting into our spoiler review now um wow lots of good stuff lots of lots of characters that showed up you know the the dc villains not even on the main team we're talking tobias whale shows up professor pig knockout silver banshee steel maxim blockbuster scandal savage vandal savage all of them show up and like a suicide squad film 
you know, they're not not afraid to kill some of them off. And that's sort of the benefit of using a lot of maybe more C and D list characters is that you can get rid of a lot of them and it'll be okay, I guess. Yeah. And you can, it's a little predictable. Sometimes you're like, oh, this is not a very well-known character. They're probably going to die, but that's okay. Like you said, that's, that's something that you expect going into a Suicide Squad film. Um, but yeah, they, they use a ton of characters. I liked seeing Tobias Whale, like the comic version, absolutely gigantic. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, right from the start, I was a little worried with the like super, it was like a 10 minute long intro before we got the opening credits and that little small team with uh, Deadshot and Vertigo and Punch and Julie. Yeah, that, that was really, really brutal. And they were like really evil. And I was a little worried that it was going to be like that the whole time. But then, you know, you find out there's a reason they're acting that evil because they're actually more evil and you want them to get caught. And so I'm glad that once we got to the main team, they were a little bit better. Like you said, that balance was a little bit better if they have to be kind of likable, but not likable at the same time. So I'm glad that we got to see that kind of like juxtaposition between the old squad and this new squad. Yeah, that original squad I, I wrote down, the original squad was nasty. So Vertigo's like tripping people up so they can't, they're out of it. And then Deadshot just comes in and slaughters them. And we don't get it. I might've missed that. We don't know who all these people are really other than they're in the way of the mission. We don't know if they're just evil terrorists who are part of the plot or if they are just randomly hired security guards who are in the wrong place at a wrong time. But I mean, they just, I mean, they just go through and slaughter them and it's really, really pretty intense. But I, I love that opening 10 minutes or whatever, like you said, it was really energetic and it drove us right into the story, even though it didn't, wasn't the main plot, but it introduced us. This is the Suicide Squad and it did that sort of in place of giving us an origin because I would assume most people who watch this are familiar with the Suicide Squad, so they didn't go through. We didn't have to hear much of Amanda Waller saying, I will blow your brains out, you work for me. Um, you know, she still threatens it throughout the film because that's what she does, but I, they didn't give us the whole origin. This wasn't the Suicide Squad's first mission. Task Force, Task Force X has been around for a while, and I kind of like that they did it that way. Yeah, me too. Like I said, I was a little worried at the beginning that just watching that first 10 minutes, but no in the the full context of the whole film i like the ten, the first 10 minutes a lot because of what we see later absolutely and even getting vertigo there and punch and julie uh that was cool to see them in live action and stuff like that so i really like that uh getting onto the main team we have deadshot harley quinn captain boomerang killer frost copperhead and Ron steiger they're essentially going in an rv on in search of something for Amanda Waller, what do you think of the team and the dynamic there? Yeah, I thought it worked really well together. I I was a little worried about Copperhead and Bronze Tiger going in. Obviously, they're really they're not normal characters, not high level characters, but they ended up working really well. Especially Copperhead, I think I was expecting Harley Quinn to be the funniest character and to have the and Captain Boomerang, but I think Copperhead's humor worked the best for me. Like he just says hiss, <laughs> and I don't know, it made me made me chuckle and like sticking his tongue out at people and stuff. I don't know. I, I liked Copperhead a lot and the, how they used him in this film. Yeah. They, I thought he was well, better than I thought I would like Copperhead because it's, it's just kind of a gross visual. Yeah. And so I thought they handled that. Well, we don't get a ton with all of the team. I'd say killer frost obviously has a big role that develops of course of the film. We get a lot from Deadshot. He's hunting down his daughter on the side too. So we get a lot from him. Um, but one thing with having so many characters, we don't get to see we don't get to see a lot of depth for all of them. And I don't mind that for the vast majority of them, you know, all of the ones who are killed off the 
the professor pigs and silver banshee we don't get a lot of development from that i don't expect that and i like that there were so many characters in there because i love this premise of all of these terrible people trying to do something uh trying all going after the same thing and they don't care who they kill and it's funny not funny but it, it raises the big question of they're going after a get out of hell free card basically you know a, a trip to go to heaven and some of them believe in that some of them don't and i just loved how they balanced all that and i wouldn't expect to have such a serious and heavy topic in a suicide squad film where they're just all killing each other but it, i thought it was really cool to look at the villains and some of them want redemption some of them don't some of them just want a free pass. Uh, I thought that was really a little bit deeper than I was expecting to get this film to go. Yeah, and it is it is kind of a, a weird, goofy concept that just like a, a little business card that can get you out of hell. But like you said, it it really does do a good job of kind of helping highlight some of the differences in these characters and, and villains. And because, especially because everybody in this film is bad, it helps give you like kind of a, a rubric or metric as to how bad some of them are and how good some of them are. So yeah, I liked it. It actually worked really well as a plot device. Um, one of my other favorite parts in this film that doesn't actually end up being all that super consequential, but the steel maxim and especially being Dr. Fate part, that was great. The flashbacks, I loved it. It was really, really funny. Uh, yeah, I have to agree. That was a something I wasn't expecting that really exceeded my expectations there it was kind of a goofy thing and i'm like okay this is gonna get old really quick but i ended up enjoying it and greg gunberg grunberg of course did a really good job i i didn't even recognize that was him i had to look that up later and he did (laughs) a funny character um but memorable in a short performance i will say with the team i was a little bit disappointed in harley quinn uh I've, i've always liked tara strong as harley quinn and i think she's really great but either, I don't know if it was the writing or what they were having to do. She didn't get a ton to do. And she was just, she'd give the occasional one-liner, which is what Harley does. But they didn't all land with me. And most of them didn't land with me or they were just kind of funny. So I was a little bit disappointed in Harley Quinn. Yeah. And I think I think what really highlights that is how well, for at least for me, that Copperhead's one-liners and kind of just joke gags worked. Because they probably have close to an equal amount of time in the spotlight and it just it just so happens that his stuff worked a lot better than harley's did and so it just kind of highlights that you know like you said maybe a little bit disappointed in harley but we get to see her so much in other stuff that i'm okay that maybe we didn't get the best from her and we got better copperhead because i i don't know if i can predict another film that we're going to see copperhead in (laughs) yeah absolutely so what did you think of outside of the squad all of the different different groups we had going after this card we had the vandal savage team obviously and it all sort of is overlapping and they're working some are working with each other and nobody can trust anyone and of course we get zoom and zoom talks killer frost into joining them and he takes out her explosive device what did you think of all of the non-squad villains that were in the film yeah i thought it would be a little hard to keep track of them but i never really i don't think ever had that problem i think they did a really good job of um, making sure you understand who is working with who and some of their motivations and everything. And I don't know, I, I enjoyed the different teams going for it because it, it made it, especially towards the end, it made it really interesting, you know, when the card is going from person to person and trying to figure out who has it and who's working with who. And then you get to see some betrayals and stuff, which makes a lot of sense with all these evil characters. Um, but that that reminds me, I forgot to talk, when we were talking about the team, I really liked 
the inclusion of Killer Frost, Killer Frost here and how powerful she is and how important of a character she is because I really like her, um, especially in the comics. Now, I think she's a great character. I won't talk about her on the DC TV shows. I'm not so keen on her character there, but I really like the character of Killer Frost and I think they did a good job with her. Right, yeah, and it's a, a very different from what people who only see Killer Frost right. on the, the Flash might think of. So it's very different and... I liked seeing that Killer Frost as well. Um, but yeah, I did like seeing all the the different characters, the Vandal Savage, and what was going on. It was only touched on really with his daughter, Scandal, and he's sired hundreds of thousands of children. That's, that's a, it sounds, this just sounds like something a supervillain would say. Yeah. Um, and we only got a brief, really a couple brief scenes with Knockout, which I was disappointed in. I think if you, with all these different characters there, there's going to be one or two. Everybody's going to have one or two that they wish they saw more of. For me, it was Knockout just because she's tied to the new gods and she just gets a couple lines and gets shot a lot. That's all she has. But that was fun and it allowed, having all those characters allowed for some really good meta humor. So there was like the line, everybody knows who Silver Panchee is. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, they don't. (laughs) And, And then the who's the ten-eyed man <laughs> amanda waller's like exactly <laughs> that's all that's all you need to know so i thought that was really fun sort of poking fun at all of these different dc characters that they're throwing in there yeah and then zoom we see is obviously losing his power and i you think maybe it's just because he's getting old or whatnot but then we get the big reveal what did you think of this that was that was surprising and I was wondering why Zoom was included and why C. Thomas Howell in particular was voicing him after voicing in Justice League the Flashpoint Paradox. And we found out, and I thought that was really well because you would wonder why Zoom would be competing with the Suicide Squad. He seems overpowered and would be too fast. Well, he wasn't too fast in this. So that they had that story point built in there. Then it's revealed that he has basically <laughs> been surviving Speed Force, Mumbo Jumbo, this and that, been surviving after being shot by Thomas Wayne all the way back in Justice League, The Flashpoint Paradox. That's a film that came out almost five years ago, and I'm so glad they tied it back into that because this new universe hasn't really had a tight sense of continuity in a lot of different ways, it, it, some instances, but I'm really surprised they tied that back in. I don't know if it would be confusing to new viewers, but if you've seen all the films, it's a it's a fun little payoff. And Zoom is, you know, he was shot by Thomas Wayne. He's still got the bullet hole. And he's just looking for this card because he knows he's going to be gone soon. Yeah. And they, like you said, they didn't need to do this, but I'm, I'm glad that they did. They didn't have to connect it like that, but it's just a nice little bonus. Like you said, for people who've been watching all of the films and it works really well with this storyline and it, it ties it together pretty well. So I'm, I'm glad they did it. And I, I like the way it, I was very, it was very suspenseful. The ending, I didn't know how it was going to end, but I guess looking back, it should have been somewhat predictable, but I'm glad bronze tigers i mean i thought it was a beautiful ending bronze tiger the one who you know quote unquote deserves it the most is the one to get the card he dies um and deadshot just gives it to amanda waller and she does not deserve it at all and she thinks she's got it so i thought that was a really smart ending um i guess looking back it should have been predictable but Mm -hmm. i i I think the suspense was so good that i didn't know how it was going to turn out yeah that's that's a good way to kind of sum up this film is like it after you watch the whole thing, everything seems pretty obvious and predictable, but while you're in it, they do, like you said, a good enough job with the suspense to make you think that maybe what you think is going to happen isn't going to happen. The only question I had about the ending was like Amanda Waller is 
can hear all of them and has feeds from all of them and everything. And did she, did I miss something where they turned it off when he gave the card to bronze tiger or she didn't know that that happened because it kind of seems like she has eyes and ears everywhere and she would have noticed that that happened. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if he, if they actually said anything about it, I'd have to rewatch. I remember thinking that as well, but my assumption was that he didn't know that, but he might've just turned off comms or anything like that. We know he turned off comms earlier when he went to visit his daughter. So maybe, maybe that's what they did. And, um, but Waller thinks she has her card, but she does not. Yeah. So yeah, it's not like a big issue. I just made just something that I thought about. Well, anything else on Suicide Squad Hell to Pay? No, I think just overall, like I said, it's a good, solid film. It's it's really enjoyable the number of characters that they can cram into these animated movies and just some of the crazy over the top stuff that they can do. And I I was really ple- pleasantly surprised by some of the characters that I didn't expect much from, and then. Maybe some of the characters I expected a little bit f- more from. I was a bit disappointed, but overall, pretty good. Yeah, definitely a way to highlight all of the different characters that DC has. And some some definitely you don't see very much. So I was glad to see all that. And I was definitely glad it tied back in with a, a five-year-old film. And it also, you know, just on its own, it's an, it's an enjoyable, fun action film that is a little bit deeper than I would thought it would be, thought it would have been. So eh, overall, I really enjoyed it. Well, that is all we have for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow.